0: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto, Parts.
1: Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
2: Hello and a very warm welcome back to the second show in the Ask Damon series where we probe the world champ. <laughs> Ask him anything. I mean literally anything. And we probably will. So be afraid. Very afraid, Damon Hill. The thing is, can
0: you stop shining that light in my eyes and can you untie me from the chair, please? <laughs> uh, and that would be a nice thing to do.
3: Questions, please? Damon Hill, do you think it's time maybe you should change your approach to racing? <laughs> well, I don't even know even how to start answering that question. But anyway...
2: Hi Damon, this is Suzanne from Columbus, Ohio, USA.
1: Hi Damon, I'm Yu Chen from China. Assalamu alaikum, this is Faris from Bahrain. Hi Damon, this is Rick from the Netherlands. My question for you, Damon, is.
3: My question for Damon. I have a question. My question to you is. I hope you can help clarify that for me. Yeah, we'll have to know your thoughts. Looking forward to your answer. Thanks.
1: Some more questions, please. Once again, we've had questions from F1 fans in nations all over the world. So thank you so much for listening. And don't worry, if we don't answer your question in this summer special, we'll be answering more throughout the second half of the season. Let's crack on. Question one, please. Hey, everyone. My name is Ruben. I'm from Hertfordshire in England. Now, my question
0: is, if you could have dinner with three people from Formula One history, who would it be and why? Ruben, that's a good question. Of course, there have been some amazing characters I mean just stunning L- the list is very long so it's going to be a tough one to choose so some of the people I definitely wouldn't choose to be with are my Sky F1 compatriots who I see for dinner and supper <laughs> on a repeat basis throughout the season for the last 10 years so I know everything about them. I won't be able to um, learn anything more than I already know I think Natalie is that fair to say?
2: Right well I better quickly edit my list because you were top of mind <laughs> thanks very much
1: and here's an extraordinary thing Damon and I see each other at races regularly, but never have dinner together. That's not true,
0: Tom. Baku, oh, we did do once. Yeah, that's true. Yes, no, and we don't. So I'm, I'm making a kind of um, a jokey point that Natalie has taken offence to, (laughs) which I didn't mean to do. But the point is this: you know, when we travel, we do see a a lot of each other, and uh, so if I had free reign and I was omnipotent and I had the ability to invite these special people, who would they be for their one-off supper? I think I'd be nervous about inviting them, but because they're quite intimidating characters, but they're so fascinating, you'd have to invite them. So number one would probably be Enzo Ferrari. Mm. Now, can you imagine having Enzo Ferrari at your dinner table? (laughs) And then you've got to think, what about the other guests? How's that going to work? So uh, the reason I'd ask for Enzo is because he's just a, a legend a kind of mythical character in in our sports and also in in Italy, around the world. Yeah, just trying to get some idea about what that experience would be like sitting at a table with Enzo Ferrari in his dark glasses. He probably wouldn't say much, but um, his presence would be felt. My dad would be nice to have back, but I sort of have had some experience with my dad. So what about Fangio next? Why am I asking for these people from the deep past of of our sport? You know why? Why I, th- I think it's probably because I have had a chance to meet some of the more contemporary people. You know the the people who have shaped our sport seem to be more interesting to me than than necessarily the drivers. So the people like Bernie Eccleston, I mean, if, if, I, if we could have Bernie Eccleston and Enzo and Ferrari and, and Fangio, that would be an interesting mix. I'd like to put a lot of questions to Bernie Eccleston. I'm, I'm not sure he'd answer them, but um, that would be a volatile mixture of people and probably a, a dinner party that, were, that could go badly wrong but it would still be worth having a go.
1: I thought you were going to say you knew Bernie well enough and he wouldn't be on I this. don't know, no.
0: And that's the point. Uh, he's highly controversial, clearly, but he had such an influence on our sport and he would know so much of what went on in our sport and then be able to explain the history and the, the stories behind the events that went on. So, yeah, I don't know if that answers it satisfactorily, but I, off the top of my head, I'm you know I'm keen to know what goes on. How does it all go? How does it work? How does our sport oh, I
2: totally agree. get yeah.
1: put together? You know, I mean, what what's the truth about it? But it's interesting, Damon, that it's all on a macro level for you. It's big picture stuff, isn't it? I'd like to get down into the nitty gritty. I'd like to... to have colin chapman i'd want to know about the the lotus 49 that he designed for your dad and things like that i want the nitty-gritty more yeah but i I
0: mean i'm i'm lucky in that i as i said i as a driver i have met quite a lot of drivers in my lifetime and i've had a chance to hear their pearls of wisdom and and of course your podcast series beyond the grid is is revealing in that respect and it's you know we can learn a lot about people's lives and it's it is It is brilliant to hear people talking about their experience after they've had their career because they seem much more open. So I suppose if I was to to bring it into the modern up-to-date period now, I would definitely have Sebastian Vettel, Lewis Hamilton and Fernando Alonso. How about that for a dinner party?
2: It's interesting, isn't it? Because you have got to think about the dynamic between your guests. Because individually, there'd be some fascinating people you could invite to the table. But you've got to think about who would draw out the best in each other. And I've got this theory that you want to put together people where there isn't really a filter. And two, I think about immediately with that, Adrian Newey and Nicky Lauda. Because I know wherever racetrack I've been, anywhere in the world, if I've approached either of them, they're very open. <laughs> Nicky would come out the back of the garage and just... No BS. Just tell me exactly as it was. And Adrian's kind of similar like that. They, they don't get sort of wound up with the politics. They're not media trained. And uh, so I, I love that. I love the fact that you would get straight down to it and have a good old chat about the truth behind Formula One.
0: I think then you can invite me, Natalie, to your dinner party and I'll be the third guest. Because I I agree with totally with what you just said, Nicky and Adrian. Well, yeah. hang
2: on a minute. No, no, you're not invited. We see too much of each other, apparently. Oh, I'm not invited. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's
0: my dinner party, isn't it? No, isn't
1: that, isn't, that, isn't it mine?
0: Because I That's had fine. Tom Clarkson,
2: Damon Hill and Nicky Lauda, but I've bumped you both off it now. But,
1: but we can always dream that, you know, that Sebastian Vettel, Fernando Alonso and Lewis Hamilton dinner party could happen, right? Whereas you know that you can't pull people back. From yesteryear, except for this one question for Ruben. So I, uh, that's why I'd go Colin Chapman, Jim Clark and Gilles Villeneuve, I think would be my three.
2: Next question, please.
1: Hi, Damon. My name is Brad calling in from New York. Uh, my question for you is, do you have any advice for fans attending their first Grand Prix? I just got tickets to the Circuit of America's race in Austin for this year. I'm pretty excited to go. Uh, So I was wondering if you had any advice for fans like me coming to their first race. Thank you so much. Love the podcast.
3: Looking forward to your answer. Thanks.
0: It's a it's a big uh, thing to go to a Grand Prix, um, Brad. So I think the Circuit of Americas is particularly good. There's great places to watch. There's uh, there's banks, and the first corner has got a great view over the circuit. And there's also an amphitheater. I've been over to the middle of the circuit. And there's a, I think they have shows there, don't they, Tom? They have uh, you know get drivers go along and, and 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 give talks as well. Is that right during the race
1: weekend? Yeah, yeah. So, so absolutely, and they have. Um they have all sorts going on there. I went and saw Billy Joel after the race. I oh, know it's Saturday night last year. He's not a driver. He's not a driver. <laughs> he's a wannabe maybe. He's a, maybe he's a wannabe. <laughs> Yeah, so that, there's music, there's music,
0: entertainment, there's other entertainment, but we're, we're talking about Formula One here, we're talking about the actual, you know, watching
1: the cars. So where's the best place, Tom, do you think from, I'm sure you've walked around doing the race. The first place I'd go is Sector One. You talked about the first corner, Damon, and it's it's a blind entry, but um, just through Sector One, the, the next six corners, the cars are just mind-numbingly fast. It's just incredible to see. So I think on the first day during Friday practice, you might be able to walk around there and just have your mind blown. They're so much faster in the flesh. I don't know whether you guys agree with me, but they're so much faster in the flesh than they look on TV. And uh, you'll be blown away if you go and have a look through those corners. And then there's various undulations, the last two corners as well. Very, very fast. So walk around. That would be my advice. Walk around the racetrack and soak it all up. It depends if you're going all three days If you're going to actually go to every day then if you
0: on the Friday definitely I agree with Tom get a have see if you can walk around the circuit and see the cars in their various guises uh, and various you know speeds that they're going around this circuit and, and get a good vantage point that way and there's also take in whatever entertainment there is and merchandise and all that stuff and information that's the other thing is you need to be tapped into some form of information some way of listening to what's going on of course you know when I go to a race and working with Sky, I've got my ear pierces in and I'm listening to the commentary all day long and I'm so I'm clued up as to what's going on around me. And if and if I take my earplugs out and I just look around, I am I feel completely lost and disconnected from the activity. So you know you really do need a good uh, a way of getting information about what is happening on track, what they're up to, and that really will enhance your experience of going to a Formula One race.
2: It's so interesting with Formula One because Watching it on TV and being there live just aren't comparable. Obviously, at home, you've got access to all the data, you can get a much better sense of what's going on in the race. But then when you go and actually you're there in person, as you say, TC, there's no substitute for it because you get a real sense of just how fast the cars are. It's sort of overwhelming in a way. It's a sort of Assault of the senses which you just don't get on television i don't think there's any other sport quite like that
0: no it's it's uh it's great to get close if you can to the circuits and see them the, the visceral thing you know they see this projectile and you can you can sense the power that these things have not just in the acceleration but and the cornering but also in the braking power and if you can get into a braking zone you will not believe how late these cars can break especially that turn one which is uphill so that's the other leads me to the other point if you're on on saturday there's the the great anticipation and the great build-up is for the qualifying event. So you need to get yourself in position and where you can see a screen, where you can see some times coming up um, so you can get the full experience of qualifying because that's the, that's the big setup for the, the following day, the race itself. Uh, but do not miss qualifying. It's one of the most exciting parts of the race, where you'll see drivers literally getting right on out at, on the edge of the branch there and, uh, and taking the, the, the chances they can.
1: Guys, don't you think we should bring in producer Chris at this point? Because he is actually the man who's been to Austin as a fan when none of us lot have as a fan. Chris, what was the best thing about Austin and the
3: Circuit of the Americas? The atmosphere is amazing. The US fans were bonkers and they loved it. The tip I'd add to all the brilliant things you and Damon and Nat have already said is that at the Circuit of the Americas, there's that huge tower in the middle of the track, and you can go up that during the race weekend. I forget what it costs, it's a few dollars. But the view from up there is just amazing. You see the whole circuit, and you can even go up there while the cars are running around the track. And from up there, you get a different sense of how fast they are, because you see the distances they're traveling. You see them going round underneath you uh, in the infield section, and the next moment that very same car is a mile away on the other side. It's a really good place to. go to experience the speed and the power of an f1 car but from a unique bird's eye position so definitely go up the tower walk around the track and see if you can find an eating contest that's what i discovered when i was there just walking around suddenly a load of people on stage shoving hot dogs down their throats almost as impressive as what was going on on the racetrack
2: yeah, it's a really good point though, Chris, about the tower. It's such a cool perspective.
3: The only other thing I would say to Brad or anybody going to Cota in October is prepare for it to be freezing cold. Because the year I went, 2019, they had the earliest frost they'd ever had in Austin. I woke up the first morning in the campsite, which is right next to the track, with ice on the inside of my tent. It was horrible. And I was expecting Texas, naively, to be really hot. And it's not always. So take some warm clothes, Brad, and you'll be fine. And of course, it's downtown Austin.
2: Oh, yeah. That is brilliant. There's nowhere quite like it.
3: It's a great
0: buzz. It is a great buzz.
2: Have fun, Brad. Yeah, you're in for a treat.
0: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free.
2: See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh,
1: O'Reilly Auto Parts. With
4: LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.
1: All right, team, how about question three? Hi, Damon, this is Paul from Tendrick in Silverstone quick question wonder if you've got any of your old race cars stashed away anywhere or perhaps some of your dads are still in the garage somewhere
0: hi Paul yes I'm very familiar with Tindwick uh, and I always watch my speed every time I come through the village and I'm very very good boy because Tindwick is right next to the Silverstone that used to be one of the ways in when I was going testing which I spent a lot of time doing around Silverstone and going to the Grand Prix so anyway if you're going anywhere Tingwick and Silverstone please respect the speed limit <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, Paul, the question was not about that. It was about old cars, you know, that my dad owned, and 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 I have to say, when my dad died, the team was basically uh, folded, and the race cars that he had in the Embassy team, Embassy Racing with Graham Hill, it was called, and so there was a few cars that they had in storage, but they were sold off. And the other cars belong to people like BRM and and Lotus. And we're actually this year celebrating 60 years since BRM became world champions with a British car and a British driver in 1962 with my dad. And so these cars are obviously very valuable Some of them are owned by collectors and connoisseurs of the sport, and they're beautifully preserved. And I think one of them is coming over, Old Faithful, I think, is owned in America by uh, some people. They've got a museum and they're bringing it over and it's going to be driven by me at uh, Goodwood, the Goodwood Revival, uh, where we'll be celebrating the BRM history. And also the Lotuses as well that my dad drove, they belong to Clive Chapman and various other people, but Clive Chapman has got a company called Classic Team Lotus and they renovate all these cars, these beautiful cars, and and we get a chance to drive them. As we, we spoke about before, I think, about going around uh, uh, China, uh, Shanghai circuit in, in the Lotus 49. So they're all out there being looked after by the right people with the money to do it. I'm not that person. If I owned any of these cars, they would sit under wraps, the tyres would go flat, they would get covered in dust and, and they wouldn't work when they tried to start them.
1: Damon, from your own career, if there's one car that you could own, I suppose it's obvious which one you choose, right?
0: From my perspective, if I had my championship winning 1996 car, yes, I would love I'd love for that. Zach Brown's got one, uh, oh, but it's, it's Jack's car. I think it's not mine. But, um, you know, if I if I had that, I'd have to have someone looking after it for me Williams heritage they're out there looking after those things when every now and then i get a chance to drive one but it's such a such an extraordinary experience driving that car again it is it's pretty impressive car it's only 550 kilos i think so it really does light up and and get going and and it's the engine the Renault engine the v10 was just incredible beautiful
1: i remember seeing you after you did those demo laps at silverstone last year and you just looks so pumped and happy when you got out of that thing.
0: Yeah. Well, happiest days of my <laughs> life, I guess, wasn't it? You know, leading Grand Prix <laughs> in, in that car. Uh, what can you say? You know, it was just, it gave you pole position. And if you made a good start, you just went off into the distance and uh, were never bothered again, even by Jack. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let's have another question. Hi, Damon. This is Suzanne from Columbus, Ohio, USA. I have a question for you and maybe Natalie. I've noticed a few more women on the pit lane this season, and I'm curious to hear what you think the future of women in F1 looks like, not just for drivers, but also for teams. Thanks.
0: Hi, Suzanne. Yes, it's a very hot topic here in our country. We've just uh, won. The women have won the Euros uh, against Germany in the football. And my God, did they perform brilliantly. It was quite, uh, quite impressive from all angles. I thought, Natalie, didn't you? I mean, you know, that the, the professionalism was, I mean, it went to extra time. So that was a 90 minute plus game. And they didn't let up. The skill level was incredibly high. So what a great show we had in Great Britain. I was so impressed. And 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 of course, as you rightly say, we've got the W Series. So the W Series is attempting to provide a platform and an opportunity for female racing drivers to show their stuff. Um, and I think that's only going to get stronger and stronger as it, it, it will attract younger girls to have a go or think about having a go at competing But it's not all about competing, is it, Natalie? It's about careers as well.
2: Absolutely. I think the appetite, Suzanne, is absolutely there for women's sport. The Lionesses' win in the Euros attracted 17.5 million, which is is a huge audience. It actually had the the best attendance as well, nearly 90,000 of any Euros game, men's and women's. So build it and they will come. And this is what we are trying to do in Formula One. Now, recently, we had the pretty awful stats of 88% male, 91% white. That is simply not good enough in this day and age. And we are working hard in front and behind the camera to to change that and to change the perception that the doors are closed. Because I think Damon will probably agree that it is a meritocracy once you're in. The hard bit is getting into the sport. And I don't just mean in terms of working. I also mean in terms of being a viewer. Because I think too often, if if you turn the television on and you don't have relatable role models in front of you, whether that is drivers, team principals reporters, presenters, you don't feel it's a party to which you're invited. And I think that is changing. It's definitely getting better. I've been in the sport for, well, 11, 12 years now. And when I first came, I was one of the few girls there. And and now I definitely feel it's changing. We've recruited Naomi Schiff at Sky, and she's just Brilliant, and she's hit the ground running, working really hard.
0: Who's an ex racing driver? She's, is that right to so say? She, she, yeah, so she raced in the W Series and, and of other Absolutely. categories as well.
2: GT. And Danica Patrick, and she's growing her role race by race with Sky as well. And she's a brilliant addition to the team. Naomi told me only yesterday that a young black girl approached her in the street and she actually welled up. And Naomi asked her why she was crying. She said, Well, it's the first time I've actually watched. Formula One and felt like someone looked like me on the coverage. And that's what it's all about. We have to show that it's attainable, that when you're in the sport, it is a sport you can flourish in. Perception is everything in my mind. And we have to be able to show women out there, girls out there, that this is a sport that's open and inclusive.
1: And you only need to look at the pit wall to see how much of an influence now females are having on the sport. Look at Hannah Schmidt who came up with that brilliant strategy in Hungary to help Max Verstappen win that Grand Prix. Just on the subject of racing drivers, the one thing I would love to see is a W series, but at the karting level, I feel we need more that come in there, then they can progress up the sport.
2: I think the truth is, Suzanne, we could do a whole podcast on this question alone. It's a massive issue, but rest assured, steps are being taken. It is getting better. I'm confident, optimistic about the future. I'm optimistic that when my kids turn on the TV and watch sport, my daughter feels like she's starting to have the same opportunities as my son. And actually going back to the football, it wasn't long ago. There just wasn't that level of competitive female football available to consume as a fan. I took the kids to Brentford to watch the Germany-Austria game. And my son cheered at the levels of skill he was it was completely irrelevant to him that it was a woman playing as opposed to a man he was just there for the entertainment and the skill level and we have to do the same in formula 1 and we'll get there it may take a while but we will get there
4: With LinkedIn Jobs we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need
2: next question please hi
0: Damon this is Rick from the Netherlands first of all great show always a joy to listen to and my question is about how to pronounce Silverstone as a non-native speaker I always wonder what the correct pronunciation is I hear Tom saying Silverstone while I hear you say Silverstone thanks Hi, Rick. Oh, my God. What, you've thrown a cat amongst the pigeons here. Yeah, yeah. I can tell. This is going to be interesting. Listen, um, these two
2: disagree on how they say Formula One. Tom, not, say it, Formula oh, well, Tom One. Tom
0: says it wrong. He
1: says Formula. He
0: formula does. He one. goes
2: formula
1: one. He does. formula one. Formula One. Formula <laughs> <laughs> One. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing. Yeah, go on. How do you pronounce Silverstone? Where are you from, Tom? You're from near Silverstone. So, uh, what, Bernie, Bernie who, Damon?
2: Say Bernie's surname, Damon.
1: Bernie's Ecclestone. Stone. Eccleston. (laughs) I would call it Eccleston. (laughs) So would I. Pinks, are you a Silverstone or a Silverstone? Well,
2: I was actually born very near to Silverstone.
1: There we go. Silverstone. Two against one.
0: I'm all for anybody pronouncing anything the way they, as long as they're understood, that's all that matters.
2: Okay, let's have our last question. Hi Damien, this is Michael from Newcastle.
1: After reviewing some pictures, I saw that you were one of the drivers lucky enough to drive a car with the X-Wings. Now, my question is, were they an improvement? What was your overall impression of the X-Wings? Thank you very much. I've
3: really been enjoying the show. Thank you.
0: Hi, Michael. Um, well, listen, I'm grateful to you for pointing out they were called X-Wings because I didn't know that. Apparently they were called X wings and they stuck up. So I understand it. If I've got it right, they're the ones that stuck up. They were bolted to the side pod and they came up by the driver's sort of by the side of the driver's heads, is that right? And and they they look bizarre. I mean there were there's lots of appendages that have been put on racing cars that don't don't look good, but because the aerodynamicists or there's a loophole in the rules, the, the aerodynamicists go, Oh, we could put a little bit more wing here, you know, we will get one. So at circuits where Drag is not a problem. Let's say Monaco. And you just want to get as much on or hungry. You just want to get as much downforce on as you can. They find every little spot they can. And so you see on modern Formula One cars, you see even the wing mirrors are uh, used as an aerodynamic device, even though they're not supposed to be. You can call it a cowling or something like that. Isn't that right, Tom? They kind of, they get through the loophole just to get even a micro dot of uh, extra downforce for efficiency. So uh, in terms of whether I felt any difference, I th- I think I felt a lot of drag. So I seem to remember feeling uh, with the X-Wings. I, I think it might give them a tiny bit of extra downforce, but uh, yeah, not uh, not totally convinced. I mean, you're talking tiny amounts really of improvement. And, and any time you put anything that sticks up and out into the airflow of a car, you need more horsepower to match it. Do
1: you know what? I'm still in shock that Michael is asking about these X-Wings because my goodness, they were Ugly man, they were really ugly, weren't they?
0: Looked look like a, a kind of fe- um, one of those carnival floats, didn't it? The cars in those days, they kind of bits sticking up <laughs> all over the place.
1: But do you know what was interesting? Is it was never the front running teams that ran them, it was always a, a mid grid or back of the grid sort of extra teams that weren't producing enough downforce seemed to use them. But equally, I think hats off to Tyrrell for investigating this area because at the time in the mid-90s well in fact late 80s and early to mid-90s Tyrrell were fantastic do you remember they in 89 came up with um, the first high nose in Formula 1 and uh, that was a Harvey Pothorsweight thing the anhedral wing what did you think I, I remember thinking oh that's quite ugly but, and it's fun. It's funny how you, how you get used to that kind of thing and of course it was Tyrrell that first introduced these X-wings back in 1997 so that started a, 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 a different direction for the whole sport and it was
0: like you say an innovation that came from a small team who could afford to go a bit outside the box because they weren't gonna they weren't going to win where they were so copying everyone at the front and I, i actually i love that you know that's that's the genius or the possibility still there in formula one that somebody can come up with a bright idea and they did well
1: look just look at the different shaped Bodywork that we've seen on these 2022 cars, Ferrari coming up with a completely different concept to Mercedes, who have come up with a different concept uh, from Red Bull. It's it's stunning how the same set of regulations can have so many different interpretations. And you can copy a different car and not still not know how to
0: make it work. I mean, I had this discussion when when I was at uh, Jordan. Was uh, I heard a lot of conversation about what the other teams were doing, and I I sort of had to say, listen, unless you know you and if you copy you'll always be second because they'll always have done it first you haven't got anything to copy it's like leading a race when you get in the lead you've got no one to follow you don't how fast do you go you don't know so leading is a whole different world to being one of the followers and one of the copiers and that's why innovations whether it's x-wings or some clever device that makes you stand out and branches out in some other different direction is mother of invention uh, in formula one and and then you'll find suddenly everyone's copying you uh, instead of you copying them so think for yourself that's what i'm saying
2: well that's it for a second ask damon special thoroughly enjoyable thank you very much for the insight mr hill how
1: was it in the hot seat oh I,
0: i think i've I think I've done OK. I don't feel too beaten up. I I've been interrogated. I've given my best. Hopefully everyone has been informed enough and I haven't uh, bored them to tears. No, these are great questions and it's really great to hear from people. That it's great to hear that people are listening and asking us these questions. So keep it coming. And, uh, you know, if you want to uh, put them on a voice message for us and send it to Ask Damon at f1.com then uh, go for it and maybe you'll get on the show
1: yep later in the year as damon says if we didn't get to it for this show there are of course more coming later in the year and as damon says ask damon at f1.com
2: so not long to go until spa looking forward to seeing you both there
1: oh and you pinks i do you know I, i can't wait to get back to it i love spa fast track
0: I love coming back to, but I love when the season kicks off again. It's like a, a rebirth again, isn't it? And it's great this little break in the middle. It just, because everyone's kind of kicking their heels and going, I'm, I'm trying to relax, I'll relax. Um, but what, where's my racing gone? Bring back my Formula One. And then it comes back in September, which is when my birthday is. So I like September.
1: <laughs> and of course, F1 Nation will be back next week with our preview of the Belgian Grand Prix when the second half of this amazing 2022 season gets underway. Please tap follow on your podcast app for the fastest way to get our new episodes. And why not leave us a rating and a review as well? We'd love that. Thanks for listening. F1 Nation is produced by F1 and Audio Boom Studios.